0: This program is brought to you by CreamCityUSA.com. C-O-L-G-A-T-E. Colgate presents the Bill Stern Show, starring Frank Sinatra. Bill Stern, the
1: Colgate Shave Cream
0: Man, is far away.
1: This week is his vacation time to rest and play.
0: And for tonight, while he's away, to take his place, we're glad to say that Frank Sinatra will be here. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Bill Stern is away on his vacation, but in his place tonight, Colgate Shave Cream is proud to present Frank Sinatra. And in order to keep this show just like Bill Stern's regular program, tonight Frank Sinatra will tell sports stories that are taken from Bill Stern's popular book entitled My Favorite Sports Stories. So here we go. Frank Sinatra pinch-hitting for Bill Stern with sports stories from Bill's book. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Sinatra.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You know, listening to Bill Stern each Friday night, I've heard him tell some strange stories. But none stranger than the one I'm about to tell now. This is a swimming story. It's the story of Charles Zimmy. But oddly enough, this didn't begin as a story of a swimmer, because in the beginning, Charles Zimmy was just a young fellow who wanted more than anything else in the world to become a great athlete. Charles Zimmy was rugged and healthy, but unfortunately was clumsy in sports. He was so clumsy on the baseball diamond that he became the laughingstock of all other youngsters when he tried to play ball. It was the same on the football field and on the basketball court. Charles Zimmy, it seemed, wasn't destined to become a great athlete. And then one day it happened. Charles Zimmy was injured, seriously injured in an accident. For a time, doctors despaired of saving his life. But medical skill won out and Charles Zimmy pulled through. And now more than ever, he vowed he would become a great athlete, even though his friends continued to believe that he just wasn't cut out to make a name for himself in sports. But Charles Zimmy wasn't discouraged. No, sir, he became a swimmer and, surprisingly enough, a very good swimmer. But he wanted to become more than a good swimmer. He wanted to be great, to perform a feat which would forever underline his name among America's sports heroes. One day, the sports pages of America carried the startling story that this unknown swimmer had established an endurance record by swimming 81 hours. A year later, he set a new record at Honolulu by swimming 100 hours. Charles Zimmy now was famous for his swimming feats. But he still yearned to perform one feat which would enshrine his name above all others. It was Zimmy's ambition to swim further than any man alive. To accomplish this, he announced he would attempt to swim the Hudson River... from Albany to New York City. His friends tried to dissuade Charles Zimmy from this incredible and fantastic attempt... but Zimmy would not hear of it. And so one morning, while thousands lined the banks of the mighty Hudson... Charles Zimmy entered the water at Albany to begin the long swim down the Hudson to New York City. And to the amazement of the world... Charles Zimmy completed the grueling endurance swim from Albany to New York, a distance of 150 miles. And so this man, who had been a failure at all other sports, became world-famous as the greatest long-distance swimmer in America. His failure in other sports had only served to spur him on. That's all there is to the story, except that maybe you'd like to know that Charles Zimmy, who swam from Albany to New York City, a distance of 150 miles, did it despite the fact that he had no legs.
0: Frank Sinatra will be back with other stories in just a moment. In the meantime, may I tell you about a certain baseball star known as one of the best infielders in the National League. He was on the All-Star team for four years, which is one reason Stan Hack stays high in favor with the fans. And Colgate Brushless Shave Cream stays in high favor with Stan Hack. Here's what he recently wrote, Bill Stern. Dear Bill, sure I like a light, fluffy shave cream, but one that really does the work. And it's a pleasure to tell you that Colgate Brushless Shave Cream performs perfectly
1: for me. Yes, sir, Bill? Bill? Colgate Brushless tames my wire whiskers in nothing flat. I can give
0: myself a fast, close shave, and it's painless. You've got a life customer in me for Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. Signed, Stan Hack. Stan Hack is one of the many champs who go all out for Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. This light, fluffy cream is made specially for fellows who have tough whiskers planted in a tender skin. Colgate Brushless Shave Cream is not greasy, not heavy. It's light and ripe. It keeps your whiskers upright so your razor glides through, doesn't slide over them. And Colgate Brushless stays moist and active, works with your razor, conditions your skin for a smooth, clean shave without a pull or a snag. Also, because it's light and fluffy, not greasy or heavy, Colgate Brushless Shave Cream rinses off in a flash. And if you don't find Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions, does all this, send the top of the carton to Bill Stern, Care of Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey, and you'll get double your money back. Ask for Colgate Brushless Shave Cream tonight. It's light and it's right. Now back to Frank Sinatra, who's pinch-hitting for Bill Stern. Frank Sinatra.
1: In the world of sports, some men achieve fame in spite of all handicaps, while some ignore fame, even though it's theirs for the asking. This is a story of baseball heroes who might have been, if if fate had not twisted their lives into strange channels. Many years ago, there popped up in the Bush Leagues a youngster by the name of Wilson, he hooked up with the Junction City team, a Class D club in the old Central Kansas League. As an outfielder, that boy with the contagious grin was an exceptional ball player. He was a hard hitter, and he had a powerful throwing arm, and in the outfield, he was a fly hawk. And that outfielder named Wilson began to blaze a trail in the bush leagues like a Kansas prairie fire. Before he had been many days with the Junction City team, he had become recognized as just about the best outfielder in the league. Outfielder Wilson looked like a player who couldn't miss making the big leagues. But after Wilson had played only 14 games, he went to the manager of the team and told him that he was quitting professional baseball. The manager coaxed and pleaded with the boy to remain in baseball, but young Wilson refused and left the team. In a few weeks, the incident died down and the ball player named Wilson was completely forgotten. No one again ever heard of that ball player named Wilson. However, if that baseball player from long ago missed out on the baseball glory, he found fame nevertheless because in time he became the most famous general in American history. For all the world knows this baseball hero who might have been as General Dwight Eisenhower. But there's another strange story of a baseball hero who might have been. Back in 1881, the famed Cincinnati Red Sox found an unknown young pitcher who could throw a ball faster than any man alive. So said the baseball scout who found him in Boston. Well, sir, that Boston Husky youngster was quickly signed up by Cincinnati. Cincinnati. However, before that boy pitcher had hurled his first ball in the big league game, he suddenly disappeared. A frantic search was made for him, and finally the baseball scout found him hiding on a farm in Mississippi. Hey, what's the big idea of coming all the way down here to Mississippi? You're supposed to be in Cincinnati ready to pitch. I'm not going to pitch anymore. Are you crazy? You're tossing away a great career. Come on, get packed. I'll take you back with me. I told you I ain't going back. I'm not going to play baseball anymore. I'd rather be a prize fighter. That's right. You heard me. A prize fighter. And that youngster never did go back to baseball. He deserted a career that might have made him one of the most famous ballplayers of his day. Not that I think he was ever sorry, because as a prize fighter, he earned over a million dollars and became the heavyweight champion of the world, ever to be remembered as the immortal John L. Sullivan. But if one ball player gave up baseball fame to become the most famous general in American history and another ball player gave up diamond fame to become the heavyweight champion of the world, there is still another strange story of a boy who lived in a small town in the Midwest. More than anything else in the world, that boy wanted to become a baseball player. But he was given little opportunity to play ball, because whenever ball players were chosen for the game, he was always the one to be left out. You see, he had weak eyes, and he was forced to wear thick glasses to be able to see well. However, that boy with the weak eyes refused to give up. Whenever there was a baseball game, he was always around, ready to play, and to make him happy and make him feel that he was part of the ball game, his playmates generally made him the umpire. And that boy made a lot of decisions, important decisions to his teammates. Strangely enough, that ball player who might have been is still making mighty important decisions, but on a much larger scale, because he became the President of the United States, Harry S. Truman. And that's the story of three men whose great names have been their own monuments in sports in particular, and the world in general. But there have been nameless men who, curiously enough, have left behind them stories that burn in memory. Now I'd like to tell you the story of one such nameless man. He was a Frenchman. His destiny was not to leave behind an imperishable sports story. Rather, he left behind a letter. A letter he wrote before he was about to die. It's a letter that I sincerely believe should be read and reread at frequent intervals, as long as there are men left to carry on the battle for a decent world of freedom, a world free of war, man's brutality to man. This letter I am about to read was found on the body of a dead man in France when the Nazis occupied Paris during the last world war. Undoubtedly, he had a name, but... His name doesn't matter. All that matters is the letter found on his lifeless body. It was a letter he wrote to his wife, and it read, Dear Marie, this letter may never reach you, for in another hour I will die. It is the will of the Germans who have become masters of our land. I am but one of 18 men to be shot in an hour. My crime was in being a Frenchman, walking the streets of Paris as would a free man... ...and playing the American game called baseball. Strange that an American game like baseball should be the reason a Frenchman has to die. But this apparently is a strange world we are now living in. This morning I left our home as usual, and you were still asleep. Little did I know that I would never see you again. Before I left, I played with the baby, and then I went to work. The morning passed, as other mornings had since the German occupation... But at noon the day was so lovely and the sun was so warm that some of us at the factory decided to spend our noonday meal hour playing that American game called baseball. Perhaps we played no more than 20 minutes when suddenly the Germans came. We were arrested by the Gestapo and taken to the police station for questioning. We offered no resistance but came peacefully. At the police station we were treated in the usual Nazi manner by being brutally beaten. Then they told us that we were hostages... and must die in an hour because the night before... a German soldier had been wounded. So in reprisal, 18 of us Frenchmen ought to be shot. There was no trial. We happened to be just 18 young men playing a sports game... when arrested as hostages for a crime none of us committed. I wonder what Americans would think if they knew what a price... some of us Frenchmen are paying to play the American game of baseball. Marie, my darling... I implore you to keep up your courage. You are the mother of my child. It will now be up to you to see that our baby leads the honest, decent, and free life I would have wished for him. In years to come, when the horror of this war is over, tell him the truth. Not that he may hate, but that someday he may understand. And to my son, who is too little to understand this horror, I ask only that when you grow up, you give your mother the love I would have had I been here to do so. The end is coming now. Ironically enough, they are mocking us, even in death. For the gods have told us that we are to be shot... ...on the very baseball field where we were caught and arrested. We cannot even die decently like men. With my last free breath, I shall utter your name. This was the letter found on the lifeless body of a Frenchman one day... ...during the German occupation of France... The war is over now, and man's memory is short. Throughout the world, there is still bloodshed. And in many parts of the world, freedom is still nothing but a word. And man's brutality to man is still the horror of this earth. Perhaps that's why I chose the story of an aimless Frenchman who left behind not a great sports story, but just a letter he wrote before he died. A letter to burn in the memory of man and his conquest for freedom and a decent world to live in.
0: Sinatra will be back in just a moment. But you know, whenever I hear a fellow griping about his tough beard and tender skin, well, I know I've got a customer for Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. Not greasy, not heavy. Colgate Brushless Shave Cream is light and it's right. you get perfect performance with Colgate Brushless. It holds your whiskers up, so your razor glides through, not over them. No snagging or pulling. And Colgate Brushless Shave Cream keeps moist and active clear through your shave. Then Colgate Brushless rinses off your face and razor in a flash, leaves your face smooth, your skin refreshed, your morning dispositions swell. Available in jars or tubes. Ask for Colgate Brushless Shave Cream tonight. Now, once again, Frank Sinatra.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it was my pleasure tonight to pin shit for Bill Stern, who is away on his vacation. Hope you're having fun, Bill. And then be gone for one more week, and I understand that next Friday night, Johnny Garfield is going to pin shit for Bill. So may I, on behalf of Colgate Shave Cream, cordially invite you all to tune in next Friday evening, same time, same stations.
0: Good night. Thank you very much, Frank Sinatra, for a wonderful job. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, next week, same time, same stations, the distinguished star of motion pictures, John Garfield, pinch hits for Bill Stern. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man,
1: is far away For this is his vacation time to rest and play And so next week, while he's away, to
0: take his place, we're glad to say, we'll bring you Mr. John Garfield. C-4-2-1-D-A-T-A. Frank Sinatra appeared on this program by arrangement with MGM, producers of Cynthia. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Join us again next time for comedy, music, mystery, and drama on CreamCityUSA.com.